Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey today. It is mid-April. We have been spending Fridays in April talking about fools. If you missed part one of this study, it actually kicked off on April 1st when we talked about the fool who says there is no God. Last Friday, we explored all over the book of Proverbs, just asking the question, okay, what makes a fool a fool? Why does God describe some in that way? Roger, today we're actually going to take a sneak peek at tomorrow's scheduled Bible reading in the life of our church family, Proverbs chapter 26. Absolutely. And throughout this first section, Proverbs 26, the word fool comes up multiple times. I mean, he he will say at the very beginning of this chapter, honor is not fitting for a fool. A rod is for the back of the fools. He talks about don't give a proverb to a fool. Just over and over, just admonitions about how to deal with a fool. But our focus is going to be on Proverbs 26, 4, and 5. There in verse 4, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he may not be wise in his own eyes. So don't answer a fool. That's what we're going to talk about today. And it it reminds us uh, of the world we live in today. I mean, you get on social media and everyone has to put a comment to something and you get all kinds of little running arguments and debates going on about this and that. Some people are off the charts how ridiculous they are. Some are very obnoxious in their statements. And this passage comes right to the forefront. Do not answer a fool according to his folly. So let's begin by talking about why. Because we would think from heaven's perspective, we ought to answer everybody. We ought to help everybody. But I think what we're going to see as we develop this today is that the fool is somebody who really doesn't want to be helped. He thinks he is right, and because of that, that gives him the qualities of why God calls him a fool. So just a little bit earlier in the book of Proverbs, just grabbing just a few more passages, it would say in chapter 20 and in verse 3, Keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. And and that's how some people are in life. They just want to argue. They love controversy. And if there's none there, they'll stir it up because they just think that's an exciting thing to do. And it is not profitable. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not helpful. They just like to see people all stirred up, love to push their buttons, love to get things in kind of a heated discussion along those things. Before that, we would find in Proverbs chapter 12 and in verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Now, you put that with our verse for today, that's one reason why not to answer a fool, because he's already thinking he's right. No matter what you say to him, no matter what your evidence is, you're going to be wrong. Because he is right in his own eyes. And that arrogance and that pride has blinded him to the reality of what is going on around him, especially biblical truth. And then all the way back to the very beginning of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, as the 
section begins a long section about wisdom. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Once again, that gives us reasons not to argue or answer a a fool because he despises wisdom. He doesn't want instruction. He doesn't want to be helped. And his arrogance and his foolishness keeps him exactly where he is today. You know, Roger, earlier this month, we went back and we looked at Proverbs chapter 7, this tragic description of a, a young man who is going down the wrong street, wrong direction, wrong time, wrong company. And uh, it it strikes me that maybe this is a a good case study that if you see that young man taking those first steps down the, the road and you say, wait a minute, hold on, there is danger down the road, that there's two different ways perhaps that we could look at a fool. Uh, one, maybe in the sense of just being naive, right? Not knowing, not, uh, not being aware of the danger. And we know a Part of wisdom, as it's presented in Proverbs, is understanding that there's danger down the path and being willing to stop, turn around, go in a different direction, right? And so maybe, maybe this person is just inexperienced, naive, not aware, and that's not really the sort of fool we're talking about today, right? If if you're seeing this man going down the road and he's today's sort of fool that we're talking about, you, you say, wrong way, don't go down there, danger ahead. What do you think that man in Proverbs 7 might say? He'll say, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 don't tell me. I've been down this road before, and you're wrong. I, I know where I'm going, even though he doesn't know where he's going, yeah. and that gets him in trouble. And so when we think about this idea of not answering the fool, you know, there's there's some practical things that come out of that. Number one, you're not going to get anywhere with this person. That's that's what these all these proverb verses we just read emphasize. You're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere because he doesn't want to get anywhere. He's content where he's at, he's happy where he's at, he knows where he's at, even though he could be wrong. And the second thing that comes out of that is it's going to discourage you. I mean, I, I've had lots of discussions with people and just like, why don't you see this? Or why are you doing these things? And there is just no real answer for any of those things. And it just discourages you. But I think more, more than anything else is the heart of the fool is not open. Uh, you got a closed door there. You got a closed book and he's not interested in changing. He's not interested in hearing things. He's not interested in knowing things. He simply thinks he knows. Yeah, it reminds me a long, long time ago when my kids were little, I was coaching baseball one time, and I had this kid who I didn't think he knew a baseball glove from a basketball. <laughs> but I would send him out to the right field, and he'd go off running toward left field, and I'd say, you're in right field. And he said, I know, I know. And next thing I look up, I got two left fielders. I said, <laughs> you know, you try to tell him. But they think they know, and that's what happens. You know, it. Um, the first passage that you read talked about strife, and I'm afraid some people in 2022 just like strife. They like 
conflict. They thrive on it. Uh, perhaps they're going to, in some ways, invite dialogue. They, they, they like, let's say on social media, just throwing something out there, throwing a stick of dynamite and enjoying watching, you know, the explosion. They, they get a, a sick sense of satisfaction watching even brethren go back and forth and arguing amongst themselves. And and when you're seeing that sort of a pattern, I think that's exactly what Solomon is warning us about. It's uh, that old Mark Twain quote maybe you've heard before, never wrestle with a pig because it gets mud all over you and the pig enjoys it. There are a lot of people that just like that sort of strife, and we're being warned against that. And and that really is the backdrop of a lot of talk radio <laughs> and a lot of TV programs today where they'll bring in opposites. And it's just like there's two pit bulls and throw a piece of steak in between them and they just go at it. And I guess audiences love it because those shows seem to be thriving anymore. And you, you, it's not an open forum where I'm going to listen to you and then you're going to listen to me. You're going to put your arguments out there. I'll put my arguments out there. We're going, we're going to look at the best evidence. Then we're going to come to a good conclusion. No, I'm right and you're wrong and I don't care what you say. And that's, that's the spirit of so much that's going on today. Yeah. It maybe is, it begins with having this sick enjoyment of strife and then it moves to mocking. If time allowed, I mean, Proverbs has a lot to say about the mocker as well, right? Someone whose heart is hard. It's not ignorance. It's not naivete. It's it's my heart is hard and I'm going to mock. I'm going to make fun of those who are in fact trying to help me. That's that's a sad situation, and as we, I mean, it's one thing to read from Proverbs chapter 26. One of the things that helps me is observing in the life of Jesus. We, we know that any time someone had a soft, penitent, receptive heart, Jesus was always willing to talk, willing to lead them along. I mean, examples abound of tax collectors, sinners. Most recently, we talked about it, even a, a thief on the cross right next to him, right, who who had a, a humble, penitent, receptive heart. But when someone very clearly had developed a, a hard sort of heart or was just trying to generate strife to make Jesus look bad, to trap him in his words, Jesus didn't cater to that. Let, let me give you just two examples real quick. One from Matthew chapter 21, where some of the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching, and they want to know, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus turns it around. He asks them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I also will tell you by what authority I do these things. His question is, the baptism of John, from where did it come? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man... We're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And that is exactly the sort of heart we're talking about. The, a heart that is unyielding, 
unwilling to be humbled, and Jesus doesn't entertain that. He says, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. We've got an even more explicit example of it, I think, in Luke 23, when Jesus goes or is led from Pilate to Herod. Herod sees Jesus in Luke 23 and verse 8. He's very glad because he'd heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign done by him. So he questions Jesus at some length. Luke 23 verse 9 tells us Jesus made no answer. It's the wisdom of Proverbs 26. If someone is willing to listen, willing to consider, willing to receive input primarily from God, then there's always something there to work with. But if somebody's heart is closed, if they love strife, if they just want to mock other people, we're being encouraged Stay away from that sort of interaction. And and how you know this is you have to engage. That's that's just how it begins. And so you can tell when somebody is honest and sincere, they're wanting to know. They they ask a question and they're they're seeking information. Other people are testing you and they want to challenge you and they want to put you in the corner. Well that that comes out pretty easy and you can see that pretty quickly. And and that will tell you what to do. Some people are seeking the light, they're seeking the Lord. And you can see that. And, and by their question, now they may have multiple questions and they may have all kinds of questions. Their questions may even be very difficult, but they're working through things. They're on a journey. You can see that. Whereas you can tell someone else who's just stuck where they are and they're not moving. It's their spirit. It's their arrogance. It's their attitude, whether they want to learn or they want to tell you. You know, we're reminded that even here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, that the Lord said in verse 6, Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before the swine, or they'll trample under your feet and they'll tear you to pieces. And so the very idea that we have to distinguish, there, there are some people out there who do not have good hearts. There are some people who are not interested. There are some people who want to see you trip and fall spiritually. There's some people who want to challenge you. And so you know that by engaging in conversations. You know that by their spirits. And sometimes I, I think from the perspective of the folks in our church family, and I hear this a lot, we, we want to give everyone the benefit of doubt. We want to believe that everybody's honest, everybody's sincere, everybody wants to know. Well, that's, that's just a sweet, sweet disposition, but that's not life. And just as Jesus encountered people who tried to trip him, we'll do the same. And that's what we have to understand from that passage. You know, we've talked about the the first half of this. And in our last few minutes, maybe it would be valuable to look at the second half there of Proverbs 26 and verse 5, because there is a time to answer, right? And perhaps that is, I, I mentioned someone who, who just doesn't know better, someone who is ignorant, someone who is naive, but they have, hopefully, a, a, a teachable spirit. Ironically, I mean, we're reading Proverbs of Solomon, right? And Solomon experienced a time in his own life, First Kings chapter 3, when uh, God invites him as the new king, ask what I will give you. And Solomon says, I, I need wisdom. And he even compares himself to a little 
child. I, I don't know how to go out or come in. I, I don't know how to manage these people. In one sense, Solomon is inexperienced. He's naive. He, he, there's a lot that he doesn't know. He needs input. That's the sort of heart we can work with, right? And so, okay, Roger, when you think there is a, a time to walk away, a time to give space, but then there is also a time to answer, what comes to your mind on the second half of that? Well, you, you're going to you're going to see where this person is at. They're they're asking you some questions, and as you said, they're honest and they're sincere. And so you're going to patiently take them through the Bible. They may not have a full understanding of God's will. They may not know things that that uh, you already know. But what you want to do is you want to just tell them, Here, here's what you need to do. You want to open your Bible. You want them to see, let them see it in their own Bible. This is not me saying this. This is not my church saying this. Those things don't matter. Here's what God says. And as you walk through that, you have to go slowly. There's things you may have to explain. They may not understand the context. They may ask, what is a proverb? What's the difference between a proverb and a parable? You know, and, and where does the prophet fit into all this? You know, all, all these P words. Well, they may not know. So you're just slowly, slowly taking baby steps. But you're, you're pointing them to Jesus. And you're letting God work on their hearts. And that's what you do. Um, you know, we, we've had some recent classes here about the teacher Jesus and how Jesus taught. And I think sometimes a mistake we can make is just giving too much information at one time. We, we overkill and we're going this verse, that verse, this verse, and that verse. And we know all those verses. We know the context. Well, the person we're talking to doesn't. And their head starts spinning. And pretty soon they are so confused. They thought, well, I'll just have to talk to someone else. So, so the best thing to do is just take it slowly and let the person do some talking. Let them ask their questions. Let them throw some fastballs right down the middle. And don't be afraid of those. And say, well, let's look in our Bible. Let's see what we can come up with. And then you work through those things with them. As long as their heart's good and honest, you can get somewhere by showing them what God wants them to do. It's when they close that heart and they close that Bible that then you got to think, okay, our time is up because they're not interested anymore. Yeah, and maybe that's the, the last note to end on today. We realize, sadly, at times, hearts are going to grow hard. Uh, at times, hearts are going to be rebellious, right? And I think the New Testament word for what we're being uh, called to in Proverbs 26 and verse 5 that at times fools need to be answered is rebuke, right? Especially in the writings of Paul to Timothy and Titus, uh, he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 verse 20, as for those who persist in sin... Well, that's foolish, right? Someone who knows better and I just persist in sin. He says, rebuke them in the presence of all. He calls Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Shepherds in Titus chapter 1 and verse 9 are called to hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that they may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. At times, 
I need someone to give me the answer that I'm not even looking for, the answer I don't want. That needs to start at home with mom and dad, right, who are willing to call that son or daughter out and say, listen, no, 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 you know better, this is not the right way to go. Also in Timothy and Titus, uh, Paul uses the word avoid several times. Yeah. And and I think think those are important things to look at, avoid endless controversies. Avoid these genealogies. They're not profitable. And so, you know, just because somebody's having a discussion, just because there's kind of something being stirred up, it doesn't mean you have to engage in that. A lot of it, you have to look at the big picture. And and is this going somewhere? Who's involved? What's their hearts like? And there's some times where you're going to be right in the middle of discussions and showing people the Bible and doing, listening yourself, learning yourself and helping others. There's other times you're going to say, this isn't good. This is not going to end well. This person doesn't really care. All they're there to do is attack and tear me down, and I don't need that. And I'm going to just have to recognize that and walk away from that. Now, that gets real hard when that person's in your family. Yeah. And sometimes we want all of our family members to come running to Jesus, smiling, and say, I'll do anything you say. We would love that. But we all have family members that are set in concrete, and they're not changing. And if you bring up this subject or they would ask you something, their heart is already closed. And so you have to recognize that and realize that this may not be a profitable discussion, so I may be answering a fool, and God says, don't do that. The Fools of April. A lot to think about, but Roger, I appreciate you joining me today, and we truly appreciate all of you listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope our conversation has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for your journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound, and the best is yet to come.